I ate one of our breakfast burritos, which is one of the best ever, but I can't get this piece of cilantro from the top cheek way up in a pocket. Anyway. <laughs> Why is there stand Wait, here, dude? We're going to open the envelope right now. We're opening at the same time. Too late. Letting go. Letting go. Backside, thank you. I haven't even opened the inside of the card yet. It feels like there's something inside of it, though. Is this double layered? Wow. When you start something, it can be hard. True. Even scary to let go, especially when you care so much about the thing you created. It can be hard, even scary to let go. Sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah, read it right, dude. How do you support your vision without needing to be there all the time? How much communication is required? What happens when something goes wrong that you know wouldn't have if you were there? It's accompanied by a nice card, and it's an email. Oh, I know this person. It's Well, I mean, I can't believe Mitch McConnell wrote in and left us an email. I can't believe <laughs> Mitch Governor McConnell, Cuomo. <laughs> Governor Cuomo has been listening to the podcast. I don't know if that's good or bad, but they're definitely listening. I Everybody can't knows. believe. <laughs> Rob Lowe, again, you keep emailing me. I can't believe we got questions from Rob Lowe, Gavin Newsom, and AOC. <laughs> All on the same day? All on the same day. Man, and they're all great questions, y'all, but we can't get to them all. So uh, naturally, we're going to go with the funniest of you, which is uh, Rob Lowe, because mostly we're friends. Uh, do you want to read the email, or should I just jump into it? What's sure. Going I mean... We'll, we'll cut off the beginning and the end. Okay. I'm a coffee shop owner, two plus years in. I still remember an episode where Chris said he didn't know how other people open a shop alone without partners. That was jarring to me because at the time, I was dreaming of opening a, sh opening a shop but didn't have any intention of having a partner. Fast forward and an opportunity came that allowed me to open a shop but with a partner. I was relieved but quickly realized this partner was more of a silent type, provided some financial support up front but then isn't very involved. I now understand why it is necessary to have more than one person in the business. I'm overwhelmed with all of the thousand hats I have to wear as an owner operator, and it seems as though there's no way out. I'm such an integral part of the operations of my business, I don't even know how to step out. I honestly don't know that I could afford to pay a GM yet, but even if I could, I'm scared they won't treat the business like I would. Pay attention to the details like I do. Treat my staff and customers the way I do. Keep the culture that we, as a team, have created. How do you step back so you can work on the business instead of in the business? Or do I need a more involved partner to be able to do that? Either. Sorry for the novel. No apology necessary on our end. All apologies. That's a, that's a classic. That's a classic. It's also a tough one. Uh, do we start with the questions? Do we start by just jumping into experiences based on what... This, this, you know, because we have the listener question, then we have the questions that are prompt on our card. I think the listener question is a great start. Is pretty much where it's at. That is, I agree with you. Uh, what's coming to your mind to start off of this question? I guess, the, well, here's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, yeah, the term partner isn't just about money it's when we talk about it. Um, you know, everybody in our partnership has played and plays specific roles that are helpful. So yeah, I mean, it is nice to have financial backing that does allow you to get something going, but the struggles then become exactly um, what you're experiencing, right? How do you wear all these hats when most of us didn't come from a background 
that covers all of the bases of what you need to be good at to run a business, right? Not everybody's, not everybody, even if you're capable, is great at understanding numbers and finances. And if you are, maybe you're not great at all of the computer programming that goes into, you know, keeping that stuff together and down the line. So first of all, you're not alone. Start there. This is probably a question that's very pertinent and poignant to most of our listenership, if you have anything to do, especially coffee and leadership. As an owner, what I would say, and I think that we are very successful because of this, even if we weren't nailing it from the get-go, is that we took a lot of time beforehand, even when we had other jobs, talking about some of the specifics that needed to be on the table and how things operated and how we acted culturally and how we trained, even if we didn't deliver them perfectly, we had them clear enough that we were able to rely, you know, you mentioned your team, And the first place I go is, well, if you have a team that you trust, that means one person on that team could be acting as this quote unquote partner. Whether you could pay them or not right now is not the question for me. What it means is it sounds like you have some trusted allies that are willing to do the work with you. And so I might start translating what I mean or changing the way I look at the term partner from it being like a peer in your business ownership and looking at it as who can I partner with? on my team to get us to the next level. Um, Because there's some truths that are happening, right? You don't know how long any of these people are going to be with you. And if you have an amazing team and you do feel like you have the clarity, you know, this is assuming that you do have clarity around what you want, how you want to treat people, all those things that you feel like are yours only, what might be wise is to get all those clearly on some form of paper and to start talking to your team. Hey, I would like, we would like to go somewhere. And that somewhere sounds like it could provide you or some of you opportunities to level up both monetarily, but in taking ownership of this business, ownership of what we do. And if you do that, then I, owner, am going to take the time to work on some of these things that will improve our business, right? It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. If you are underwater and you're unable to get away, you need somebody to take some of these pieces and run with them. So you do have a great opportunity. I wouldn't say it's a simple one, but you have an opportunity to ask. And ask for somebody to step into a role. And the right people, if you're open and transparent, won't say yes, but only if you pay me a shit ton of money. They might deserve some form of raise, but if you're clear about what you need to do to get to that level where maybe there's an opportunity for them to make semi-career money if at whatever, call it at worst, or money that wants to keep them around, you have to have a pathway there. And, and all that comes down to you having a vision, asking for help and starting to utilize a team. So that's, that's long-winded to start, but I feel like that's enough for to get going because Chris has got thoughts. I can see him thinking. I can see him thinking. It's a, complex, it's a complex thing because a lot of it depends on what you want to get out of your business and mm. at what level you feel comfortable engaging. So as an owner, as an owner, so yeah. we, we had a lot of those things that you were talking about. We had a, a, a group of people that we trusted that were here for the journey. I, you know, I remember Tanner early on was the guy who was, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of what you guys are doing. I'm down to do whatever that means. And how that ended up manifesting was he would show up 
at Companion on Mondays for the pop-up. I think we ended up paying him a certain amount, but my gut was he would have done it for free for sure. Uh, he came to do demo to rip out Portola. He came for all the setup. He did all these extracurricular things just because he was, it was, there was as much reward for him in it as there was for us, whereas we got the benefit of that trusted person and he got to be a part of something new and exciting. And I think that's what you're speaking to. Find that person or group of people who just want to be a part of what you have going on. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be a transactional relationship because there are benefits that are outside of just strictly monetary, you know. Maybe the best benefits are you might get to you you have access to information, you might get to get up close and personal with the process, which is super valuable, especially if you think you might start something yourself or maybe you find out through being close to that that you don't want to start anything yourself because well this is just this is a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm. It's a lot of really good experience. Plus, if you're trying to make a career or even have, let's say it's not a career. Let's say you just have a job. Maybe you're going to be there for a year. Your job's going to be better if you have a better relationship with the boss. So, you know, if doing a few things on the side that you get value from and then you have this great relationship from your boss that only makes your work work life better so there's Mm -hmm. all these benefits that live outside of the just simply pay me more and i think you put it perfectly you don't really want the person who sees it transactionally Mm -hmm. like you don't want to take advantage of people as a business owner but the people who you're talking about aren't the people are like i'll do this work if you give me eight more bucks an hour right because they are already showing you that they fundamentally don't understand what you're dealing with as mm-hmm. a brand new business when money's super super tight mm-hmm. it, most businesses are bootstrapped Absolutely. you know most businesses especially post pandemic now it's i would argue that most of these businesses in the whole world are bootstrapped you know on a comeback yeah and then you know if you want to have the one shop and stay in the one shop your life's going to look different than our life where we knew right away we were going to have several stores mm-hmm. because well, we couldn't live in Santa Cruz unless we did. To yeah, be, well, it's, that's, that's, it's the double edged. It's the yeah. double edged sword, right? Yeah. It's I, I, even though I don't want to have a business by myself, I could live if we just had one store and yeah. no business partners. Yeah, just just I would one be of in us. the shop quite yeah. a bit of the time, and mm-hmm. I would make enough money, and that would be fine. But mm-hmm. that just doesn't work for three owners, mm-hmm. and then the staff. It just doesn't work. So yeah, and we had, we had a vision for a large impact, and you can have a large impact in one store, but you you know at least part of the belief is the more touch points that you can have, you know, potentially the more influence you can have as well. And, and I, yeah, I think with the, the, the big question on the table here, how did you step back so you could work on the business instead of in the business coupled with this part that leads right before it, where I'm such an integral part of my operations. I don't know how to step out. I don't know. I'm scared that someone won't treat the business the way I would pay attention to the details like I do and treat my staff and customers the way I do and keep the culture the way I do. Sure. And they probably won't, at least not right at first. And it's not this, it's a practice. It's not like this thing where you set it and forget it, where you decide, okay, cool. I'm going to actively step out of the business and it's going to be done by one day and then by x day we're going to be on cruising altitude you really have to 
oh, this is where everything else starts to come into play. I'm on a little bit of a rant. Keep going. So you have to have the clear idea of the things that we talk about all the time so that you can communicate them to your team. Yeah, the base level, most important stuff. Yeah, you need to know Mm. what your mission, vision, and values are, and you Mm. need to know what your what the service experience you're trying to provide is really clearly mm-hmm. so you can articulate that. So no one's no one's out of the loop on what it is we do here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what we do here. Let's make sure that you also, everybody out there knows that that work, while we say it pretty quickly, is so much important and po- like so much work. It is not as simple, like you said, as I said it and forget it. You have like you're going to spend a lot of your time with just that beyond all this other work before you, not even before, at the same time. But if you want it to work, that needs to be so, so clear across all levels. And you have an advantage if you have only one store right now. You have a really significant advantage because if you have 70 plus people like we do, <clears throat> and if in any case, right, you have some, some potential turnover, you have, you have this opportunity, again, to do that same work, but you're doing it through multiple channels. So there is an advantage to having less people on site. But I just want to acknowledge that is, that's not work you breeze over. That's work that you really stick with until you see actions related to it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's been super enlightening to me, for me, on this journey is that when you open, you have an idea of what you want to do. And then through doing the work, through having conversations, through thinking about it, these possibilities unravel that you you really never would have thought of in and of themselves. So even though you might have this strong idea of this is what we do, mm-hmm. by intentionally thinking about it, writing it, having conversations about it with other people, you'll be able to articulate it in a way that you couldn't have before. Absolutely. So it's super valuable to go through that process and really think intentionally of, okay, what are we trying to do? And outside of the scope of, a lot of people think of it in terms of, oh, I just need copy for my About Us page, or I need need a caption for for an Instagram post or or whatever, content-based. But this is more deep work in terms of this is what it means to me this is the level that we're trying to execute at and just really spending some time with it yeah and it's hard to articulate things as an owner that you have that are gut feelings that you know intuitively and translate those Mm -hmm. to other people it's really tricky well there's two there absolutely there's two parts to that there's the that's what the this this personal development opportunity the work as the owner who started whatever you're starting gets to say, okay, I'm saying these things, right? You're, I've got my mission, my vision, my values. There's, there is the potential for them to just be copied. Then you get to ask yourself, like, what is the active version of this in everything? And that list becomes pretty long pretty quick if you look at whatever the actions are of your business. And you want it to be able to say, yes, this, whatever. So call it hospitality, and you describe what hospitality means to you. You're like, where's the hospitality in our email? Where's the hospitality in our pouring of a latte here where's the hospitality in um what check this out where's the hospitality in the machines that we use where's the hospitality and and what does that mean and that is the personal work to do and then you're right there's those gut feelings those gut feelings though are somewhat intuitive but they're also most likely if you're a business owner based on experience and things you've gone through but you haven't necessarily wrote down or re-articulated what to do if it's just something that you've gone through and you know how to solve the problem but you haven't really you know um 
you haven't had the opportunity to mentor somebody and say, oh yeah, I've experienced these th this thing and here's the four different ways I've approached it in the past and the one that worked the best. And so you do have an opportunity, like you're saying, as a, as a leader owner to get yourself in those places where you're not over SOPing something, you're allowing for the creativity still to be there, but you're also able to mentor. So you can maybe take your foot a little bit off the gas pedal on this question and say like, what happens if they don't treat somebody the way that I'd like them to? You're right, they won't at first, but if they are open in communication and you're available to mentor as a leader, and that is maybe an expectation that you have, what you can say is if anything comes up that's feeling unclear, and we're not going towards true north, this is your opportunity to call me. And we can talk through, I'll give you every single thing that I know about it. And if I don't have any answers, then guess what the good news is? We can agree to try to move forward and solve this problem with whatever way you and I come up with. And then you're still going in the right direction. So I, I really like that concept. And maybe it's an opportunity for all of us out there to, to create some clear communication lines. Back to your point though, it does need to be so clear that somebody doesn't say, well, I'm in charge now, so I got to figure this out and now I'm overwhelmed and maybe nothing's happening or I'm, you know, I don't feel supported. So communication lines might be really key there. And you're probably, well, okay, let me step back. Let me step back. Back into time. A little bit. Back into time. What's the best way to say this? You're going to have to do a lot of, a lot of active coaching and you're going to have to be able to deal with the pain of things dipping before they get a lot better and that was something that i really struggled with and mm. i found incredibly uncomfortable coming out of portola into opening abbott was fine ish it was so small and so tiny but with aptos and swift the expansion that happens even in a business like ours where we have three owners and we have some trusted employees there's a whole new wave of people and things get lost in the mix mm. and quality takes a dip and nobody wants to talk about that because it seems like something you're not supposed to say you're not supposed to say that this suffered or that suffered but here's the reality when things scale things suffer they have to there's no way they don't and that's why on the ultimate extremes of businesses you have the hyper boutique shop where everything's dialed you get really amazing experiences you can get amazing coffee because there's someone there just watching over it all mm -hmm. the time and the people that are working in places like that really, really care. It's more than a job to them. They see themselves in their work. Mm -hmm. they, they're there because they want to be there. And something like Starbucks or you know whatever big box store, impossible to replicate it. Mm. You can't because of the amount of people that turn over through there. There's no way that you could train someone in those big box stores when you're talking about just deep attention to detail, I've never seen it done. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a wave of things that are working against you. You're mm. working towards the middle of the curve where it's like, we need you to do these. Everything's an SOP, right? Right. It's like you're not going into Starbucks for the most part and having a conversation about barista culture or coffee culture. 
You're yeah. not having a deep conversation with someone who's thought about technique and preparation. Mm -hmm. You know hospitality basics, but you're not really super engaged in that guest hospitality. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting because I have I have this belief, and maybe it's the thing that uh I wouldn't even call it a struggle. I think it's still totally a belief, and it's the ability to maybe create like the the middle the middle ground, right? Like to me, and I'm maybe it's financial but that's what happens right you have exactly what you said right people go well it's too corporate or it's awesome maybe there's not usually an in-between right people love this and then they go oh they got too big they got corporate and that's the words that i typically hear there's a lot of other ways to to communicate this idea but i think if you can work within the understanding of progression with those dips being included what you can start doing is finding that if they work in tandem, cor corporations do, you're right, by necessity, because they're so big, they need to operate by SOPs, which can keep you from being creative and keep you from touching base in those ways that boutiques be, make you feel really special, right? There's that. But then I think there could be a place where if you can, if you can lay the groundwork, if you can keep practicing to slower movement too, which makes it tough on maybe business metrics and progression and maybe paying people or paying yourself in the long haul. But you can progress to this place where somebody like a controller, should you be able to get there, gets to this place where they, a controller, by the way, if you don't know, would be somebody who makes sure they look at all the finances and sees what things cost and then tell you if you're outside of your business metrics, maybe. If you have a labor percentage that's 30 and your cost of goods is whatever, all these numbers, they tell you if you're above and below it, right? Where you could get to, which is a belief that's kind of at my core and I think the core of our business is you can get to this place where somebody's able to allow you to say, yo, you're operating outside of the, the business metrics that work for us or don't. And they go, okay. And then they get to say, here's our culture. Here's how I can be creative and do everything that we do, which hopefully would come down to talking preparation, talking coffee, talking flow, hospitality, touch base, all those things. How do we still accomplish that? But pivot a little bit how we do so in order to fit this metric and those two things i think are where we have an opportunity as in in general as a business as any business to be the places that still have culture but are able to grow and provide more and, and have more impact it yeah. just takes a lot of intention and a lot of work and i don't i'm using the extremes to illustrate what happens oh when you i grow. don't think you like, believe this i don't think, I think you believe that, what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. I, because and, and the bigger point I'm trying to illustrate with that is you have to be ready for that to happen mm -hmm. and not let it knock you off your horse so much that it's just defeating to you. Because that's how I felt. I was like, this sucks. It's been defeating this for me This is too. stupid. Like, I don't want to do this, you know? And I had to change my attitude on a lot of stuff, but I, because I love small things. Like, mm. I love things that are, that feel like they come from one person's brain that feel like they're just so, so real and make me feel like no other way. And mm. there's not that many of those. And it's, I want Cat and Cloud to be that sometimes. And I realize that it can't. And just struggling that with has been a, a process, you know. Mm. And when we were growing out of Portola and into all the other shops, I was grumpy. Mm -hmm. I was bummed. I was not happy. I would come in and I would get coffee and it wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. 
most people think it's probably fine. Yeah. You but know it what wasn't I mean? what we wanted because we yeah. know a specific taste. 80 to 90% of our guests were probably thinking, this is this is fine. This is good. Yeah. This is about the same. Yeah. Wouldn't be able to tell uh, appreciably, you know, you know, wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. And I'm just like, this espresso sucks. Right. I don't we... even want to drink it. I stand in line and I get this and this is not what I'm about. And then I see 36 things that didn't happen that should have happened, whether that's moving a guest through the line in a more expedient manner mm-hmm. or spoons in the wrong places mm-hmm. just little things Unfolded big things towels. all over yep. dust on the machine that ended yep. up on the cup that ended up on my lip yep cold cups i don't know a million, the, the yeah. stuff that we all we focused on intently in our career yeah yeah and when you're in an industry like ours hmm. you have these big things but the the distance from good to great is huge there's a million little Mm -hmm. things that need to happen that most people don't do and that's why most businesses are fine they're Mm -hmm. just average they're just they're there and i never wanted to have a business that was average i never wanted to provide an experience that was average so it was really frustrating because what i was met with and i don't know how you felt about this but it was another mountain where okay we have employees we have some trusted people Things aren't happening the way we want them to. And the only person I can look at who's really dropping the ball is me. Mm-hmm. My level of knowledge in whether you want to call it leadership, business owner, communication, whatever, those things was not up to snuff to be able to deliver what I want to deliver in my head. And mm-hmm. it was a whole other learning curve than just opening the business. It's how do you manage across multiple locations with multiple staff members and multiple levels Mm -hmm. and i had no idea how to do that cat and cloud podcast is brought to you by art presso design art presso is dedicated to advancing the artistry of espresso preparation by creating innovative tools and products for the coffee industry They basically take all the annoying things that you thought you had to live with. Nasty towels for your steam wands, a leftover screwdriver from the hardware store for your dispersion screen, and create thoughtfully designed purpose-built tools that are barista focused. Basically enabling you to make coffee and not a mess. Check out more of their work at artpressodesign.com or follow them on their social channels. Here's the thing, everybody. We don't have to show off and say that we make house syrups by ourselves, okay? Some of you might be good at making syrups, but not all of us are good at making syrups. And you know why? Because that's not the point of our jobs. We have people who could help us with that. And so we at Cat and Cloud use Holy Cacao. They are amazing, not only at chocolate syrups, but at all the other amazing flavored syrups, vanillas. You got Demerara sugar syrup. That one's actually pretty banger and many, many more. So do yourself a favor, reach on out, shout out Wyatt, the owner. You know you love it. Check them out at holycacao.com. I don't think you're alone. I think we all, I mean, yeah, I'm not speaking to you. I'd say in the world, I think that's absolutely normal. And people speak on that, especially those who maybe are like us, right? You go from this place where this is what I do. I touch, you know, I touch the coffee bar. I touch the register. I touch the guest emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, never physically, guys, HR. But you, 
you come from this place where you do all of these things. There's so much intuition. Perhaps, like us, you're used to working with a very small group of people who care as much and are very much as interested in that whole concept as you. And then you step away and you're like, cool, now I don't do this thing that I fell in love with. And I now have to teach people to do it. And they want to. But internally, the struggle for me always was, this seems so simple. Why does it feel so hard? And that was, again, that's my, my learning, my opportunities, my sometimes insecurities for not speaking up when, you know, there's emotional people who work with you and you're emotional as well. And instead of just saying, again, coming back to the foundations of what we do and why we do it and just speaking into that and helping, it becomes overwhelming. And your, you know, writer, uh, email person, from Nowheresville, an awesome world, um, Mike McIntyre's McVillainsville. <laughs> um, you are so going to have to experience that too. I think that's the problem with all of this is, uh, I think humans are a little bit insecure, but when you are opening the, something and you're passing on something that you know you care about, not only that, it provides your livelihood. Like It has to succeed or else you're, <laughs> you're in big trouble, a lot of us to trust other people with it is a big step. It's also the step that it'll set you free. And it does a hundred percent come with all of these. Like if we didn't do that though, you know, if we didn't go through what you went through, the frustrations, all of it, we wouldn't be able to be as good at the work that we are doing now at all. Like you can't just read a book and do it. You have to fail. And I wish you could just read a book and do it. Cause there's so many amazing books out there. But then you go in and you try to do it and you're like, why isn't it working? I read this thing and it's not, it's, it says it right here. And then I'm like, what if I show, that's what I used to do, right? I'd be like, what if I show people this? And then we talk about it and they're like, yeah, that was a really good meeting. And then nothing happens afterwards comparatively, like maybe a little bit, but they just feel maybe more inspired, not motivated. And again, it comes back to us. And in this case, listener, you deciding to speak into and stand with people as they try to do what you already do. And that, I guess, is forever going to be the struggle. But what, what happens if we don't do that? We stay the same. And uh, I would argue that you don't want to stay the same for two reasons. It doesn't feel sustainable because you're overwhelmed. And that's true. It isn't really sustainable. If I had to do everything in this business, it's not sustainable. You're not able to feel... I wouldn't be able to feel positive about my work. I'd feel stressed and pulled in too many different directions if I tried to do everything myself. And I think this maybe is just a life metaphor too. Everybody needs help. <laughs> so um, I'm getting off the rails a little bit now, but we do have to walk through those trials, those errors, and have patience in the process. And again, back to basics over and over until they take place. Otherwise, you know, hard, hard stays hard. Uh, you do though. That's crazy. You know, crack the eggs, make the omelet. I think that's the way to go. Would it, what would, I mean, I think about, there's so many different times we've gone through ups and downs and they do ultimately always come back to myself or you or, or Charles at the times knowing what's right. And, and either internally in our own worlds, like being at a place where we weren't addressing things quick enough, maybe being on different pages, but mostly coming, it, a lot of it really came down to 
us all kind of maybe feeling uncomfortable just saying how it was and what we wanted out of the business it seems like right like this is what this is what we want to do and it doesn't matter how i feel or you feel like let's take ourselves out of this equation for a second and say you know look at this cafe right now look at how it feels look at how it sounds look at how you're acting look at how all these people who work with and for you technically as their leader you know manager x how's it you know, like if you walked in here right now, it was your first time ever and you drove all the way across the country, you're passing through and you're like, hell yeah, I get to go to Cat and Cloud today. This is finally like I've been listening to the podcast. I've been going whereversville. I saw I used to watch these guys compete in barista competitions. It's going to be sick. And then you ask if you can ask your team, how's it feel really when you walk in here? They're going to give you an answer. And this is your, my, Chris, Charles, every leader in our company. This is our opportunity to be like, you're right or you're wrong based on what we already know, the established guidelines. And this is the place where myself and probably you back when you weren't getting the espresso you wanted, um, we, didn't, we didn't find a way to come together and say, yeah, this isn't, we're not hitting the mark. Yeah. I, one of the biggest things that I wish I would have done earlier on is just trust myself more. Same. Felt confident in my decisions and realize that leading you know taking taking our vision and taking the knowledge that we have that is hard earned and and leading with that isn't a selfish thing it's actually a benefit to everyone in the organization from guest employee leadership team and us it works best when it's that way Mm -hmm. and there were so many times when we both sacrificed these core things that we believed in to try to empower other people but it didn't work because then you have people who are on two different journeys Mm -hmm. and that's not a good fit Mm -hmm. and when you're looking back to what you were talking about earlier when you're trying to find you know whether they're a gm or just a solid employee that you can count on. You, you don't want someone who you have to convince of everything. Right. You want a believer. You want someone who believes, someone who trusts in you. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is one of the keys. And a lot of the conversations that we were having when we did have a big turnover were, at least for me, they were revolving around that where have people you know what? Just take a beat. Take a beat. This was an exercise that I did that felt really good with someone who worked here. Just write down, you know, take a couple hours, write down what do you want your life to look like three months, six months, one year from now? What are you really excited about? Mm -hmm. What do you love? Like if you could wake up and do anything what would you do? No limitations. No, I have to do this first. This just pure, pure dream scope. What would be happening? And then see how many of those things fit inside the work that we do every day. Mm. What's connecting? What's not connecting? What feels good? So this person wrote this really epic manifesto. They were blessed in that they had this clarity of vision of, this is what I value. This is where I really, this is what I really want to do. This is where I see myself. And then we got to the point of looking at what we do in the day-to-day here. The path to where that person wanted to be 
Cat and Cloud was not the best place right. for that path. And then the hard question is, what is it that's still keeping you here? Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of little things, but one of the bigger things was, they didn't say this specifically, but it's, I can relate to this too, kind of this fear and comfort thing where I put a lot of effort, work, and energy into this thing and it feels like a bad idea to bail on it. Sure. Does that mean that I'm a quitter if I bail on this thing and don't see it all the way through? You know, does that mean that I don't follow through on my commitments or, you know, what does that say about me? Right. Yeah. So that's one, one level. And then there's the sunk cost. Well, it's like, oh, I've been here for so long. It feels so what I want might be just right over the crest, right over yeah. the, you know, the next wave that comes over. That might be the exact thing that I'm looking for, even though day in and day out, I'm generally unhappy, yeah. but maybe the next thing is going to be the right thing. And through those conversations, I can't convince anybody of anything, sure. but when you guide someone or help someone through, everything's coming out of their mouth. And then at the end of the day, they're kind of getting to the point where like, oh yeah, this is, this is not the spot for me. <laughs> this is not mm-hmm. going to be the best way for me to play it forward. And I think having some of those conversations earlier, not in the vein of trying to move people out of the organization, no, but on one end, being really clear about who we are, what we're doing, and how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you know, I'm a firm believer that you can't lead people unless you know who they are. And through having these conversations, you will also discover things that are the complete opposite where someone is, I want to do this, this, that, this is what I believe. This is where I see myself. And it's like, oh man, this is going to be a great fit. This Mm. is going to be a really great job for you. And I can't promise you exactly what's going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, all I, all we know at any given time for cat and cloud, even despite the vision that we have is this is what we're doing here today. And this is what we hope to do tomorrow. I couldn't look you in the eye and say, Oh yeah, you know, we're going to have 50 stores and you're going to be able to easily make six figures with some stock options and blah, 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 blah. blah. Like I can't dangle that carrot. Yeah. But I can say, man, this seems like it's going to be a really good fit and you're going to learn a lot of things here. And if you stay, that's the best. And if you choose to leave, it's still going to be a great journey for you. And that's how you want to play it. Yeah, those are the two places to hold on to when you're thinking about these conversations. Because I think that's what what can happen. And it happens because it happened to us as well. <clears throat> if you don't stick really clearly to what we're trying to do, where we're trying to go and how we're trying to do it, what did happen to us when we had a lot of turnover as well was mostly just a lot of emotional management around what people wanted to do and how they felt. And it had very little specifically to do with how we do things at Cat and Cloud. It had a lot to do with we're growing and the world's doing all these things and I'm bringing my passions <clears throat> to work, which is a little bit of a misnomer on us saying, hey, everybody and everybody's contribution and ideas are valuable to this organization, which is absolutely true when the ideas are for what we're trying to do at the organization, not ideas around politics and social and whatever else it might be. Like those things are valuable, but they're also not pertaining specifically to what happens in here every single day and day out. So we got into a place for a very long, short time, which felt it was like a very tiring time 
It felt like years. It felt like years, but it was probably totaled nine months to a year. Although the pandemic hit and that didn't help at all. It was very much managing individuals and personal expectations and personal issues. And that's on me as my young leadership for sure is not being able to see the forest through the trees and seeing exactly that. This person has so much potential Here's where we can go if they only want to do what we're trying to do. And at the end of the day, they don't want to, but I and you and we as leaders have this opportunity and responsibility of being able to see the difference between potential and what somebody wants to do. And so those conversations on one hand, right, are really, really important, especially if you can have them and they don't become the only conversation you're having, right? It can't become therapy where you're their boss and you're just talking to them about their problems all the time. And that's for sure where I've gotten. I think what you did really well is you're like, hey, talk about what you'd like to do and how it lines up with the work we do here. And so, you know, again, if you, writer, are wanting to save yourself and I guess take this advice, get all these things as clear as possible and do the work to see the people as people but also see them as people who are trying or who are there to work with you and for you to pursue something and, and try to find that separation and help them to see that separation early so that you can get, you can get going a lot quicker. Maybe have a little less setbacks. That's, that's where we started strong and then for sure wavered in our process of growth. That was, that's our learning. Yeah. And if anything from this podcast that you might be able to save yourself a shit ton of time, definitely emotional energy, times a trillion because I was drained for many years because of this truly. And what can also happen is a forewarning is it can hit your, it can hit your insecurity level pretty hard and you kind of have to bounce back on that as an individual, as a leader, it can give you this, am I actually good at this? You know, you have these trusted people who you love and you care for and you get yourself off your own track. Like you said, you, you, you compromise on the values of your business, which is the whole reason you started this thing and you start following a different path, and you're like, you can actually be convinced that you're doing the wrong thing. Well, the moral arguments can feel pretty strong, right? Especially when you care about humans. Right, and that's that's how how the cascade happens, and it it doesn't, it's not (laughs) super logical, but it goes something like this, or it seems logical. You say you have a business where you care about people. Exactly. I work here, I've been working here for a while, and I am a person, and I'm bringing this thing to you, Mm. and... It feels like you don't care about me. Right. I like, do care well, about I you. Well, I actually do care about you. A lot. So, and if, you, if you've, you're not familiar with having those conversations, it's really easy to be like, man, I don't want to be the person that doesn't care about someone. I actually do want to be a caring person. So I better just concede to this other compromise. person or compromise my values or go along with it, even if I can't articulate it, but in my gut, there's a little Something's alarm wrong. going off. Yep. Something's wrong. I don't know what to do. And that's a really hard thing to navigate. Well, yes. And it can quickly get out of hand because that person, if they, if, if you don't find a way, uh, and really this is going to come back down to clarity. If you have the clarity to be like, this is what we do. This is why, this is why this doesn't make sense for our business. Even if it's a passion project for you, right? Go pursue it on your own. Love for you to keep killing it here. We're just not going to integrate this idea. But here's the thing. If you, if you can't articulate that, which I, I haven't in the past been able to do here and there, the person leaves feeling unheard 
And this is where your expectation versus reality can really fuck you because people can get used to this idea of like, well, if I ask for it and they they like, well, you're going to say yes. And then when you say no, they come away just feeling like I wasn't heard. They don't care about me. And then they essentially that whole idea and that feeling that is left and brought to the team. And somebody on your team is going to hear about the owner doesn't care. The owner says they care, but I sat down with them. I talked about this stuff and they don't care at all. They didn't hear me. And you know, when you're young, it's really easy to like what I'll never forget a few conversations that I had with people oftentimes like semi frontliners who are like, I want to sit down with you and talk about stuff. And we'd talk and it would kind of be off base, but I wouldn't really know what to do. And I'd, I'd kind of hold them accountable, but in me holding them accountable, they were feeling like I wasn't listening to this bigger idea. And at the time when you're younger, when I was younger, I wasn't able to say, well, exactly that. We have things that we're doing here that kind of falls outside of it. And maybe here's some communication lines to talk with your leadership and to work it out. And like, I can support you with that, but this is a conversation for somebody else. And um, I'll just never forget those times that people would talk to me and I'd be like, what? why are we having this conversation and why is this conversation pertain to cat and cloud? And it comes from exactly that the beginning of probably not only myself, but because of myself allowing maybe two or three leaders to feel like this is an okay behavior. Those leaders then are kind of expected to be people pleasers for lack of a better term, right? You, again, those compromises just start bleeding every single place. And it's because we haven't held up boundaries unfortunately just healthy normal straightforward boundaries and we open some with. doors to invite those kind of conversations we can, absolutely too. i mean we did for oh, we sure did with that. Yeah, we absolutely. had that pitch policy where yeah. it's, just bring it to us if you have anything you want to talk about just make a pitch and bring it to us and right. we'll consider anything yeah and this is one of those things where leadership and people's contribution it's not this black and white thing where it's you either listen to your employees or you don't. Yeah. Every everything you do exists on a spectrum and there are levels to believability, there are levels to contribution, there are levels to understanding. So now it's and we talk about this often, but I think it bears repeating because it's an easy pitfall to fall into. People who are brand new to the organization are there to learn mm. first and foremost they're there to learn and they're there to serve they serve the guests and they learn the culture of the organization hopefully it overlaps with what they believe and then it's like amazing right and then over time as you gain more knowledge you gain more perspective you become more competent in your work then the value of your ideas actually goes up mm -hmm. and so there is value in hearing from your team, but it's got to be channeled in a way that, you know, is on the rails with where the business is going. And also you have to prove a little bit like, oh yeah, I have some expertise in this area. Yeah. And those two things are really important. It's not just like a loose free for all because mm -hmm. a loose free for all gets you nowhere. Chaos. It gets you complete chaos to mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm working with Mark on this um 
program for the for our wholesale partners and we're trying to figure out how can we serve them better and that's a really tricky thing to do because most business owners myself included you know if you ask them hey what could be better you're like man i don't know i'm like running a business like ah and you have a few generic canned responses um i want better support i want more communication. I want more tools. What are those things? I don't know. Uh, and you really have to dig. And we've been working on how do you connect with people to get them to, you know, reveal what would really, really help their business. And it's it's pretty interesting. But on that, on that, I want Mark's input. I want him to be heavily involved in the process. Mm-hmm. I want him. I want to know what he thinks because he knows these people. He's been with our organization for years. He's the head of the partner program, director of coffee. He's got credentials. He's culturally aligned. His perspective is super valuable. Right. I can't go in there as an owner and say, we're going to do it like this, 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 this is what they need. It's like, no, 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 no. He's, he's got to play a really big part of it. So then it's gradients of that all the way back down mm-hmm. to frontliners. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. So much of it's not cut and dry. No. There's... But I guess the biggest advice on that to just put a boom on the card is trust yourself. As you move through the process, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have missteps. Things are going to maybe get a little bit shakier before they get better. But don't let that affect your belief in yourself. Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for being awesome. We'll be back next week.